I'm E.J. Ionelli, and this is From the Studio. Today we're joined by members of Spokane Children's Theater, who are here to talk about their new production of Zeusical, the musical. The show opens this Friday. And I'll welcome everybody by name. We have C.J. Peroni and Avery Hudson, who are performing in the musical as Horton and Gertrude. Good morning, E.J. Good morning. And we also have John Tomkoviak, who is the assistant director. Hello. As well as Tanya Brownlee, who is the executive director of SCT, uh, SCT. Good morning. Good morning. John, I'll call on you to do a bit of scene setting here. Now, this musical takes place in the jungle of Newell. And then we have this kind of scene setting song, which is the thinks you think. So if you could talk about those opening moments and, yeah, just how the beginning of the musical unfolds. Absolutely. Well, there's a, a character by the name of Jojo who's a who, and uh, he's quite imaginative and sometimes get in trouble for his imagination. And uh, so one of the things that um, he isn't quite sure if he's imagining or not is this jungle of Newell and this elephant uh, Horton. Um, and uh, Horton is, plays a very important part in his world because Horton's going to end up uh, saving his world potentially and guarding it. Um, but we find ourselves in the jungle of Newell and we see characters that we're familiar with from Dr. Seuss, like the cat in the hat and Horton the elephant, and then other characters like uh, Gertrude, who's one of Horton's uh, best friends, and then uh, some other characters like the Wickersham brothers who are mischievous monkeys who maybe get Horton in trouble. So. And we do have the cat in the hat, and that is played by Tyson Fletcher, correct? correct? Yes. Yeah, and then I think the script initially calls for a boy who will become JoJo, but that's not necessarily the case here. Is it because it's Bridget Sheehan who is playing that lead role? Yes. So, so we do have a girl playing it. We still, um, it's a boy in the show, but yes, uh, Bridget is doing a fantastic job portraying JoJo. Okay, fantastic. And so you said it borrows from some of the books that we're already familiar with, which is, um, correct me on the title, Gertrude's, The Feather of Gertrude or something like that, or yes. Gertrude McPhee. Yes, and then that's Hort- exactly it. Uh, um, and then Horton Hears a Who. Correct. And that's, so it draws largely from this. And I think this uh, musical was written by Lynn Ahrens and Stephen Flaherty, who also did Ragtime and Anastasia. Yeah. And you really see that influence. This musical has 31 numbers in it. Wow. It's, uh, it's almost all music, uh, very little dialogue in between the musical numbers. And so I'll talk to our Horton and our Gertrude here. So, CJ, tell us about Horton, how he appears in this musical, and is he pretty consistent and faithful to the books? He is very faithful to the books. Uh, he is loyal. He is kind. He, once he makes up his mind to do something, he's going to stick with it no matter what, whether people make fun of him, whether uh, he goes through any kind of difficulty, trial, tribulation. He definitely, once he, once he says, I'm going to do this, he does it and he, he never stops. And he's just, he's a gentle, kind soul of an elephant and he just uh, cares very, very much about his friends. And as John mentioned, Horton is tasked with saving a world. That's right. Yeah, he finds it from the book of Horton Hears a Who. He sees a dust speck that is talking and puts it on a clover and holds the clover and is going to safeguard the clover because he then discovers that there are actual people, the Who's, on on the dust speck. They live on a dust speck. And Horton has decided that, okay, they're my new friends. And he just very quickly becomes absolutely enamored with his new friends, and he's going to protect them no matter what. But this doesn't necessarily go well for him, does it? No, it doesn't. Uh, The other Jungle of Newell creatures think that he's kind of 
well, almost insane. And <laughs> so he takes a lot of grief from the sour kangaroo and from and the baby kangaroo and then also the Wickersham brothers and all of the, the characters in the jungle of Newell. They're just not sure what he's doing and not understanding it at all. And they just think he's making it up. He's, he's, you're hearing things. You're seeing things. There's no way that there's little tiny people on a dust speck. And Horton does find support in Gertrude. Mm -hmm. And so, Avery, I'll bring you in here yes. to talk about your character of Gertrude, <laughs> who may be a little lesser known, even among Zeus mm -hmm. fans, than Horton. So if you could talk about Gertrude and, and that character. So in the musical, Gertrude is actually Horton's next-door neighbor. And she's very self-conscious about her one-feathered tail as she kind, kind of, like, hides herself. She's very insecure. And so she kind of looks to Horton and is like, wow, you are really amazing. You are – you keep telling people that you're very persistent on – that there are people on these – on this clover and nobody will believe you. And she kind of, like, clings to that. She very much looks up to him. She – wants to almost be like him and but he'll never notice her because who would notice a bird with one feather tail and there is a, a dramatic rescue that comes a little mm -hmm. bit later and it involves some self-sacrifice yes. on Gertrude's part mm -hmm. and you have songs that speak I think both to your characters but also your relationship mm -hmm. so CJ once again I'll talk to you about mm -hmm. um, this song Alone in the Universe mm. It's a powerful song. It's a beautiful song. And it's one where Horton talks about, it's me. I'll, it's just me. The, I'm the only one that cares about the Hoots. I'm the only one that knows. No one else believes me. No one believes in me. Horton believes in his Hoots. He believes in himself. He knows that someday he's going to be accepted, even if it's just with his new friends, the Hoots. But it's it's an absolutely beautiful ballad that um, really touches on a person's determination to just keep going and believe in themselves. Mm -hmm. And Avery, you as Gertrude, you have a song called The One Feather Tale of Miss Gertrude McFuzz. <laughs> yes, I do. So the song is very much happy at the beginning. She She's telling the story of herself. This is basically me introducing myself, getting people aware of who I am, why I'm here. Um, but again, we bring up the topic of me being a little self-conscious of my tail. I've done all these things. I've dyed it. I put feathers in my tail, trying to make it look more elegant, more beautiful, but nothing seems to work. And I'm very self-conscious. And the character is so beautifully well-written, very well-delivered, because she does have this arc from being like this self-conscious person wanting only stuff for herself to kind of branching out and doing stuff for other people and actually caring about not just herself. And then you have a duet together, which mm -hmm. is Notice Me, Horton. And yes. I guess this really encapsulates the, the dynamic between the two mm -hmm. of you. So to set the story, <laughs> <laughs> Gertrude goes on this little mission. She goes to this doctor and basically is like, do you have anything like pills, anything that will make my tail grow bigger. Because Maisie, our flamboyant bird, she's very dramatic, told Gertrude that she could go to this doctor and he would give her pills and her tail would grow. 
And so she goes on this journey. She goes to this doctor and he basically gives her some pills. She takes them and she wants more. She's very much like, I want more, more, more. I want to have the biggest tail. I want only for myself what is best for me. She takes all these pills. Her tail grows insanely long. She goes on this trip to basically find Horton where he's in this depths. Yeah, and Gertrude has this big, beautiful tail now. And she's like, Horton, look at this, look at this. And all Horton can do is stare at the clover. He's Mm -hmm. looking for the who's by now. And... Who's clover is lost in a big patch of clovers, and the song is just a beautiful pouring out of the hearts for both characters. But Gertrude is pouring out her heart to Horton. Horton is pouring out his heart to the Who's, who he's singing to on a clover. But it's a it's a beautiful duet, mm-hmm. and it um, just it's very very powerful. And are the lyrics very Zeusian? Yes, there's a lot of sort of playful yes. and absurd and yeah. very much like a lot of rhyming. Yeah, over and mm-hmm. over, clover by clover is what Horton <laughs> is singing while mm-hmm. Gertrude is pouring her heart out on the I'm other side like, of the stage. Yeah. I'm just like, I really want you to notice me, but all you can do is look at your clover. And she keeps telling him, put down the clover. Like, I want you to notice me. I want to be your friend. I want to be more than just your next door neighbor. I want to be more, but you won't give me a look. And John, how are you handling music in this production? Is there a live orchestra or is it uh, recorded? Yeah, we have uh, recorded tracks, um, which does make it a little more difficult uh, for the cast because the track continues to play, whether (laughs) or not uh, they're in sync with it or not, uh, but they're doing a great job. And what about set design? Now, with Zeus, we expect a certain world. It has to be um, very cartoonish, very exaggerated. Um, Who is your set designer and how are they evoking this very Zeusian world? Yeah. Well, we have two really important players in that. Our set builder, um, who was Chris, and uh, he did an amazing job of building this set that has multiple levels in it. So we can sort of have a place for the Who's to hang out and then for the jungle creatures. And then Kelly, who's actually doing our set design and making the world come to life with all the amazing colors and truffle trees that you would find in Whoville uh, and the, the lights and sounds. And so... Um, What uh, the audience will see when they walk into the theater is this incredibly gorgeous, colorful stage um, that is really something to behold. And you've got a massive cast. Like I was looking over the cast list and I mean, there are so many characters that we haven't even covered. Um, How large is the cast? It's about 32 members large. so 31 songs, 32 cast yes, members. Yes, yes. Wow. And uh, we have uh, cast members as young as 10 and old as 60 plus. Wow. Yeah. So it's all ages then. Yes. And Tanya, Spokane Children's Theater had first staged a Zeusical. We were talking just before we went mm-hmm. on, uh, what, five, six years ago? Yeah, it was 2016. And what prompted you to stage it again? Zeusical is one of those shows that it's really easy to love. It's one of my personal favorite ones um, because it takes you from the books you read as a child. And so it doesn't matter what age you are. And you just love it and you fall in love with it. The music's amazing. John and Mike did a phenomenal job with their vision. And this is Mike Hines, the director. Mike Hines, yes, the director. And then John, the assistant director. They really worked together with their team to produce this amazing, amazing show. Um, The thing that's nice about this is even though you might have seen it, you might have heard the songs, it's going to be a completely different experience with this cast. Did you consciously approach this any differently having done it? 
five, six years ago. With that previous experience, did that inform this production at all? No, I don't believe so. It, uh, we have a rule that we want to wait at least five years before we do a show again. But since we are all ages, someone who is, you know, 10 then is now 15 and they can play a completely different role and it's a completely different show. Um, I know that uh, we have different families that have come in and out. Like CJ has been a part of SCT for years upon years upon years, but we have a lot of new faces too. Um, And so we want to definitely give everybody that chance and experience. And I would love it if you could speak to this age range, because Mm -hmm. the name of the organization is Spokane Children's Theater. But as John mentioned, you have cast members (laughs) as young as 10 and then as old as 60. And how does that interplay of ages improve their acting skills of the younger actors? And maybe it has a rejuvenating effect on the veteran actors. Well, it's it's beautiful to watch, quite honestly. Because even though there's adult actors, that doesn't mean it's not their first show, right? And if they're a kid, it doesn't mean it's their first show. And so it's great because we cast for the age. So it's – and we've cast as young as five before. And I'm not going to say how old because that's not very kind. (laughs) Um, But it's – we cast for the roles for those ages. Of course, Susical is one where – the age doesn't really matter as much. And so that was fun um, because then CJ and Avery can play off of each other. Great. And that won't be a factor. But it's great to have the mentorships. Like Avery is also uh, the president of our our youth board. And so even though she's taking on this lead, she's also that positive role model for the younger actors um, and welcoming new people to SCT. And it's it's really amazing. Uh, frequently during choreography, you would see cast members helping each mm-hmm. other, and it it wasn't always who you might expect. I mean, a lot of times it was uh, the younger uh, cast members helping out the older ones, uh, and sometimes vice versa. And I don't know if you mentioned the choreographer by name. Yeah, v- Vanessa, and then we have a, a great vocal director in Becca. And uh, our support team for the show has been second to none. And uh, a show that is this complicated really takes uh, an amazing support team to make it happen in eight weeks because that's how long we have to rehearse. Just eight weeks. Just eight weeks. And so you've got these choreography numbers that, you know, some are full cast, so you're going to be getting all 32. Um, Are you, as the assistant director, pretty pleased with how things are shaping up and how you're getting that movement on stage? I can't tell you how pleased. Uh, One of the cool things we had is we had our set built very early on. After about four weeks, our set was built so our cast could actually practice on the actual stage and uh, that they were going to perform on. And that's a little bit unusual. And so that was a, has been a key factor, I think, in us looking so good. We're in the midst of tech week right now where we're adding the lights and uh, all the costumes and the makeup. And uh, last night was our first run through and it was uh, fabulous. And do you have a lot of new folks on your crew who are also getting experience as well? Well, I'm one of those new folks. This is my first time in the director role. I've been a cast member before. Really? But, okay. um, Mike Hines uh, took me on as a project uh, to help show me the ropes, and so it's been fabulous. Uh, and then our choreographer, Vanessa, this is her first time uh, choreographing a full show. She's been an assistant choreographer before. Um, and then uh, we have in Becca, uh, she's uh, done a number of shows. And then um, our stage manager has also uh, done shows before. And CJ, if you could speak to your experience now, you've been in a number of shows prior to this? Yeah, I've been involved as an actor with Spokane Children's Theater for 27 years. And what, uh, <laughs> what keeps you coming back? Keeps you coming back, the people, the people, and that is of all ages. Uh, it's wonderful to work with the, the young actors, the 9- the and 10-year-olds. I'm a substitute teacher by trade, so I love the idea of us adult veteran actors modeling the behavior for the kids. That's a big part of it. And I meet wonderful 
the families. The, sometimes we have parents who join their kids on stage. Sometimes the parents stay in the back and they volunteer and they do wonderful things and decorate our lobby and, and do all our volunteer work. And it, it's wonderful to have made such dear friends of, of entire families as well as fellow actors that I just love sharing the stage with. It, it, that, the people is what keeps me coming back. The, the community in community theater, because Spokane Children's Theater is a community theater, and it's the community and, and the, the family-oriented atmosphere at SET is just uh, something I've fallen in love with. I did 27 years ago, and I still love it. And Avery, have you found that to be your experience as well? I don't know how many productions or seasons um, you have under yes. your belt. My first show actually was Beauty and the Beast, about 2017, yeah. 2018. 2017. 2017. Yeah. I was literally 12, 13. I was very, I mean, not young, but I was younger. I think I have about, like, over 10 shows under my belt right now. Not as much as CJ over here, but <laughs> definitely I think that every new show I do, it gives me so much experience. I mean, you're working with so many different people, people that have had more experience than you or they're bringing something new to the table that you can adapt and learn from. But I I love Spokane Children's Theater. It definitely, I agree, It people bring me back. I have so many lovely friends there, young and old. People just love seeing the shows that we put on, and I love being in them. Excellent. And Tanya, or John, whoever wants to take this, but um, I'm sure you have the support of a lot of family and friends and supporters of Spokane Children's Theater who come out to see these shows, but you're probably always looking to expand that reach and expand the audience. Um, If you're talking to folks who might not have attended a Spokane Children's Theater show recently or ever, what would you say to them about this production and about Spokane Children's Theater productions in general? Well, I think uh, what you can expect if you come to the theater to see Seussical is first, it's an intimate theater. So it's going to be your, no matter what seat you're in, you're going to have a great seat for the show. You're going to be entertained. You're going to leave with a smile on your face. But I think you're also going to leave with this idea of uh, what can I do to make an impact in someone else's life? Because that's sort of one of the messages from this show. So it's a great feel-good show, and uh, it's going to be um, an experience you'll remember. For Spokane Children's Theater, like you had said, it has children in the title, so a lot of people assume it's going to just be kid actors. Um, We like to say we're a family-friendly theater versus just a children's theater. And so I don't think people understand the quality that these actors put on before they walk in that door. And the lobby is decorated. There's concessions. They go to sit, and like John said, it's an intimate, so you can see the whole thing. And to watch kids especially who have never seen a show before, their eyes just light up, and um, you can hear them, like, hitting their mom and dad going, did you see that? And laughing. And the most frequent question afterwards is, how my kid wants to try this? How do we get involved? How do we do this? And we tell the kids, the youth, a lot, you are going to inspire a kid. This might be their very first show that they've ever seen, and they're going to remember you. And so I think that's a lot of what SCT does. A lot of pressure, but also a ringing endorsement, no? <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, everyone, for joining me today. I appreciate it.
I've been speaking just now with Avery Hudson, C.J. Peroni, John Tomkowski, and Tanya Brownlee of Spokane Children's Theater. Seussical the Musical opens this Friday at the Spokane Children's Theater and runs until Sunday, March 26th, with an ASL-interpreted performance on March 12th. Tickets and showtimes are available at spokanechildrenstheater.org.